0: One of my favorite books is The Greatest Generation by Tom Brokaw, who anchored the NBC nightly news from 1982 to 2004. In his book, Brokaw tells the stories of a generation of women and men who came to age in the Great Depression. They left their homes and jobs to help save the world from two of the most powerful, and ruthless military machines ever assembled. Some stormed the beaches of Normandy, while others worked tirelessly on assembly lines to keep the economy back home functioning and to support the global war effort. They were fused by a common mission and a common ethos. Without their efforts and sacrifices, our world would surely be a far different place than it is today. Many of us uh, may not be aware that some 60,000 women served in the Army Nurse Corps. Sixteen of them died as a result of enemy action, and 67 of these nurses were taken prisoner of war. More than 1,600 were decorated for bravery under fire or for meritorious service. One of these unsung heroes was Mary Louise Roberts Wilson. And if our projection were working today, I would have pictures up here for you. However, if you're so inclined, the back screen is working. And so feel free to look back there and you can see her picture. And um, perhaps those of you who are online will actually see that today. But that's Mary's shot, uh, uh, headshot so you can see a little bit of how she. Looked. She grew up in Mississippi, but found herself assigned to follow the 36th, 88th, and 90th Infantry Forces of the Fifth Army. When Brokaw interviewed her, she remembered the day German shells were ripping through the operating tent. That's where they performed surgery on the Anzio beachhead in Italy, where she was working to save young American lives. Because of this. She bore the nickname the Angel of Anzio and was the first woman ever awarded the Silver Star for her brave service. When the Allies got bogged down in the boot of Italy during World War II, they attempted a brave, daring breakout by launching an amphibious landing on the Anzio Beach. Unfortunately, the Allies got pinned down and the la- at the landing site and came dangerously close to being driven back to the ocean. Mary Wilson was the head of the 51 Army nurses who went ashore at Anzio. And now you can turn around again and see a picture of her being awarded the Silver Star. It is her second to left as she receives that great honor. Things got so bad that bullets zipped through her tent as she assisted the surgeon in surgery. When the situation continued to deteriorate, arrangements were made to get all of the nurses out. But Mary Wilson would have none of it. She refused to leave even at the gravest hour. And as she related her story to Tom Brokaw years later, she said, How could I possibly leave them? I was part of them. I was part of them. She would be with them no matter what, even if it cost her life. Mary Wilson's actions point us, perhaps, to the Christmas story, to the God who, was, who has forever identified with the human dilemma. There may not be a soul in the world who truly understands our feelings, But God does. God understands. All in our lives may fall away, but God will never fall away. God's word says repeatedly that God is always with us, will never leave us or forsake us. Our God is a good God. Today is the Sunday of love. Our God is not only a good God, but our God is a loving God. God does not... Desert us in our hour of need. He hears the cries of Israel, even still to this day in the war between Israel and Palestinian territories. He hears the cry of the innocent Palestinians, the civilians there. He hears the cries of people who are in harm's way from all kinds of bad situations in our world. He also hears the cries of those of us for whom things are going okay. He hears the cries of the church. He hears the cries of his children. Christmas is about God's eternal identification with the human dilemma. Scripture says, God came to us. God is with us. Emmanuel. As Max Locato, pastor and author, writes, God came near. He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. The hands that held him were not manicured, but they were calloused and dirty. No silk, no ivory, no hype, no party, no hoopla. God had come near for you and for me. As the songwriter has said, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When our sins made it impossible for us to come to him, God took the courageous step of coming to us. Once again, the scripture. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign of the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel is Hebrew, translated God with us, or more literally, with us is God. With us is God. Often, I don't know about you, but often I will look everywhere else but to God for help. I'll try to do it on my own, try to figure it out, use my own wisdom, and fall flat on my face. But God desires that we look to him for help. This passage points us to Emmanuel, God with us, and reminds us that we only need to look for God for our help. A little context. As I was preparing this week, I came across a quote that said, every scripture in the Bible has a context. Every single one of them has a context, a historical context and we are trying to make uh, a, a sense of what was happening at that particular point in time in history and then look at the other scriptures through the New Testament to see what it means to us as Christians and how we see Jesus throughout the scriptures in the Hebrew Bible. Here's a little bit of information that is helpful. Early in his prophecy to King Ahaz of Judah, Judah being the southern kingdom, at this time there were two as a divided kingdom, the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel. They had separate kings. So early in the prophecy uh, to King Ahaz of Judah, God told Isaiah to speak to the king. This was a time when Aram and Israel in the north, had formed a coalition against the Assyrians. And the Assyrians were the empire that was sweeping down from the north and would eventually overtake all of Israel and Judah. The Assyrian Empire, as one commentator writes, is referred to as, quote, the Nazis of 8th century B.C. Isaiah counseled King Ahaz not to join their uprising in that it would not succeed. Instead, God's instructions were for the king to trust in the Lord rather than appealing to Assyria to help against Aram and Israel who were threatening Judah for not joining their uprising. God told Isaiah, the prophet, to tell Ahaz, the king, to ask the Lord for a sign to confirm the prophetic word. Now, prophets speak words of Foretelling, meaning future things that will happen, but also forth-telling, meaning telling us forth how we need to act here and now according to God's Word. This is forth-telling. God instructs Isaiah to tell the king to ask the Lord for a sign to confirm this promise. But the unfaithful king refused. He had already decided to place his trust Not in the Lord, but in the military machine of Assyria. Or you might say, a foreign government who was oppressive. In response to Ahaz's refusal to trust God, Isaiah proclaimed, Hear me now, you house of David. It is not enough to try. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And scholars have poured over this passage and we don't have time to go into the depths of that today, but it's just to help them to understand that God told Isaiah to tell the king that there was a better way through the line of David. And there would be. virgin, and his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew's gospel recalls this passage in chapter 1, verse 23, applying it to the child who would soon be born to Mary, the virgin betrothed to Joseph. The sign given hundreds of years earlier to a disobedient king was meant for all God's people. It wasn't limited to that particular time and place, but it had a much greater meaning for the whole world. In fact, the Bible is nothing if for not the story of God's persistent desire to dwell with his people, Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus, God would succeed in a unique way, becoming a man in order to save the world, not from the outside, but from the inside working in each one of us, proclaiming a kingdom that is not of this world and a kingdom that is yet to come, and that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that all things would be made right in his time. Emmanuel, God with us, to rescue, to redeem, and to restore our relationship with him and to bring peace to the world. How is God with us? When we are afraid, God is with us. Just as Jesus was with the disciples in the stormy sea there on the boat, he approached them walking on water. He is with us when we are troubled. Jesus said to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. When we are despairing or thinking that there is no hope, he comes and uh, walks with us like he did with the disciples on the road to Emmaus who were wondering what had all happened and where is our Jesus? He is with us when we have doubts. Do you remember the story of the father who brought his son to be healed by the disciples? Jesus and two of the other disciples were on the Mount of Transfiguration, and then he came back on the scene, and the father, the, the other disciples could not heal the boy. And uh, Jesus steps, steps in, and the father tells Jesus their story. And then he says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. God is with us, even in our doubts. He is with us when we fail, like when Peter walked on water and took his eyes off of Jesus, focusing on the storm, and Jesus pulled him up and brought him into the boat. He is with us as our good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. I know theirs. And the shepherd promises that we have life in abundance. He is with us as the Holy Spirit, our counselor, Our comforter, our friend, our sustainer, our savior, our redeemer, our advocate, our judge. He is with us. God with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. How is God not only with us, but within us? Because that's how God works from the inside out. He is with us through our salvation. When we place our trust in him working in our hearts from the inside out, reminded of Revelation 3.20 where Jesus says, Here am I. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sup with or dine with or fellowship with that person and they with me. There's an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are always invited to his table, Or the word of God in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life from the inside out. And John 1.12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be children of God. How great the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. He is within us in our sanctification. This is as the Holy Spirit works in our lives that we are made more and more like him. We are sanctified. We are made holy. We are set apart. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. John 14, 23, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within the holy of holies of our hearts. And Paul writes in Philippians 1, 16, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He is within us in our salvation, in our sanctification. He is within us giving presence, his presence to us when we are perplexed. Encouragement as we serve. Confidence as we teach. Rest as we journey together in the mission he has called us to. Strength when we are afraid. He is with us. This Advent season, may we be reminded of his everlasting love and his never-ending presence. It's good sometimes just to sit with uh, others. Have you ever been in, in the hospital or have you ever been really you know, in a struggling situation and you had somebody come and visit you and they just didn't stop saying stuff? They they just did all the talking. And, you know, 90 minutes later, you're wore out. Oh. Or have you been in a situation like that and somebody from church came, sister in Christ, brother in Christ came, and they just sat with you in the silence. And they listened to you they didn't try to fix it. They were just there. In seminary, they called that the ministry of presence. That Most often, the best gift that we can give one another is the ministry of presence. Y'all, I struggle with that because I want to try to fix it. I want to make it better. And my nature is to over talk, so I really have to work at being present. May we be present with others this Advent season as God is present with us. A few questions. They're in your bulletin if you want to reflect on them this week. But a few questions on this Sunday of love. How have you experienced Emmanuel, God being with you in your life situation? Maybe through another person, maybe through prayer, maybe through a reading of Scripture. But how have you experienced Emmanuel? Struggled to believe that God is truly with us. Recently, I was talking to a friend. He said, Pastor Bob, do you ever holler out at God? Do you ever yell at God? And I said, Yes, I have. And I said, Jesus did. God's big enough to handle it. It's okay to struggle tell whatever it is to Jesus. And the third question for reflection is how could my life, how could your life, how could our lives be different if we began and ended each day believing that God is with us? Here's your homework. When you get to your Bible, read the first chapter of Matthew's gospel in chapter 1, verse 23, the reference to Emmanuel where Matthew quotes Isaiah seven fourteen. So read that first part and then go to Matthew 28 in the Great Commission where Jesus said, And lo, I will be with you always until the very end of the age. And you'll see these as perhaps bookends beginning and for the everlasting. What would it look like if our days were reflected in the structure of Matthew, where we had bookends reminding ourselves that God is with us?